Hi everyone, welcome to today's UVP podcast. My name is Jörg Lehmann. I'm a senior portfolio manager in the discretionary portfolio management team of UVP based in Zurich. Today, we will discuss about responsible investments or ESG investments in an investment portfolio context. Joining me in this discussion is Jason Ulrich, Head of Responsible Investments from Investment Services at UVP. Welcome, Jason. Thank you, Jörg. I'm pleased to be here today. Perfect. So the COVID-19 pandemic has been massively accelerating existing trends. Not only the tech sector was boosted, it has also been a massive boost for responsible investments. When we look at Europe these days, they will probably not get the gold medal for their vaccination program. But with respect to sustainable investments, Europe is really at the forefront of responsible investing with its taxonomy legislation defining standards as what can be considered a sustainable investment, which will help tackling greenwashing and also help increase asset flows towards more sustainable investments. Jason, we are living in a fast changing world here and sustainability issues are popping up like mushrooms. Yes, you're right. And we can see now that uh, green recovery related stimulus programs such as the Eurozone's Green Deal, but also China's commitment to be CO2 neutral by 2060, or plans of the US to invest three to four trillion US dollars to halt emissions of plant warming carbon dioxide, bring change to the way we will operate going forward. Investors are clearly welcoming this. Given the significantly growing popularity of ESG investments, and the amount of inflows we see in ESG-related solutions. I see. Maybe as an introductory remark, I think it would be useful for our listeners to get an understanding what ESG investments are. So, when we speak about ESG investments, we are looking to select companies where non-financial data that covers environmental, social or governance factors will be taken into account. To illustrate that can, for instance, on the environment factor be data on the use of water or electricity of a company. For the social factor, uh, it could be working conditions or training and education of employees. While for the governance factors, the board structure of a company or for instance, CEO compensation might be relevant. Jason, do you see any value in considering ESG criteria in the investment selection process? Assessing a company's ESG criteria has become an integral part of our investment process. It allows us to have a better understanding of the risks any given fund or company is facing, but it also presents opportunities to generate alpha and increase the level of certainty regarding their forecasts. Companies with strong ESG practices typically generate more sustainable cash flows and are less vulnerable to accounting irregularities, regulatory changes and associated fines or structural threats. Many institutional investors are aware of this fact and we expect that in the future, companies with strong ESG profiles will have more financial resources available to them than companies with a mixed ESG balance sheet. Interesting. Um, Jason, could you maybe guide our listeners through the process of how you would be constructing an ESG portfolio? 
Well, the tactical asset allocation views derive from our Global Investment Committee. For the security selection, we apply a combination of an exclusion and a best-in-class approach. Once the financial analysis is completed, the integration of ESG considerations is done at several levels. Starting with the UBP Responsible Investment Policy, we apply an exclusion approach, including additional filtering criteria. In a second step, we aim to identify so-called ESG leaders by looking at companies with high ESG ratings and high ESG credentials, with the ultimate goal of targeting a high to very high ESG score and a significantly lower carbon footprint for the portfolio. Thanks, Jason. And to come back again a bit more to the practical side, we mentioned that last year had been a very positive year for responsible investments as a whole. However, December and January, we had seen a further acceleration of price momentum, which was probably also driven by an armada of retail traders pushing up valuations for some of the obvious green stocks and beneficiary of the energy transition. So stocks from the EV space, hydrogen and solar companies in particular. Now, over the last few weeks, we've seen remarkable volatility and the resetting of expectations to more realistic levels. I think in a way we have to see this as a positive sign that the market has corrected these short-term excesses. So, so what's your take on these developments, Jason? It's uh, definitely cheaper now than it was in December, right? Yes, it's cheaper now than in December, but the massive reallocation of capital is already underway. The pressure to green the globe is not about to ease. Climate change is being addressed both from the bottom up by individuals, corporates and cities, as well as from the top down by the UN and national and regional governments. From a financial markets perspective, rather than this valuation rotation being cyclical, we conclude from the recent reports released by the International Renewable Energy Agency that the decarbonization thematic is secular. The projections in their report highlight not only the need for renewables, electrification and energy efficiency to ramp up materially, but also for hydrogen and bioenergy with carbon capture and storage to bridge the differences between a less than 2 degrees and a 1.5 degrees Celsius world. In order to reach the objective, the International Renewable Energy Agency projects global energy investments need to increase by approximately 1 trillion US dollars per year and redirect 1 trillion US dollars per year from fossil fuel or nuclear to energy transition technologies. The largest incremental investments need to go towards the building sector, while upgrading power grids is just behind wind, solar and transport. Hmm, interesting. And I would like to close our conversation with a brief focus on UBP's most recent and next steps on the responsible investing journey. We have at the beginning of 2021 successfully launched a range of Swiss-biased multi-asset ESG solutions to address the growing demand of our clients looking for a multi-asset ESG solution 
benefiting from risk reduction and environmental and social characteristics. Now, Jason, you have been involved in several ESG-related projects. Could you please touch a bit on that, please? Yes. On March 10, new rules related to sustainable investing in the European Union came into effect. These rules are part of the EU's Sustainable Finance Disclosure Regulation, or so-called SFDR, which is also important to us. We therefore have now a range of SFDR, Article 8 and Article 9, products and services available to our clients, covering solutions that promote environmental or social characteristics or products with a sustainable investment objective. At UBP, we will continue to expand our range of innovative products and service solutions, addressing the growing demand of our clients, looking for sustainable investment solutions, covering various asset classes and services in our discretionary and advisory businesses. Thank you very much, Jason. That was very interesting and uh, thanks for taking the time today. Dear listeners, if you would like to have more information on this subject, please don't hesitate to contact us and you will find more info on our webpage at ubp.com. Thank you very much for listening.